The Women in Agile podcast series amplifies the voices of outstanding women in the Agile community. We are dedicated to sharing the wisdom and inspiration our community has to offer by telling our stories, being thought leaders, and having open conversations with our allies. This series is brought to you in partnership from the Women in Agile organization and Accenture Solutions IQ. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Women in Agile podcast series. I'm your host, Leslie Morse, and today we are chatting with April Jefferson. April is an experienced craftswoman and mindset harmonizer that nurtures the journey to nourish yourself. She leads with empathy and courage while partnering with others to help unlock their full potential. Believing the path to authentic growth and change begins with invitation and people in a people-centered approach. Favoring a blended mindset of agile, lean, design thinking, open space, and improv- improvisation with engaging, April values connecting people and teams to ownership of their needs and goals. You may find her coaching organizations, speaking at conferences, facilitating social change as a design action lab partner, or mentoring youth within her community. April, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, it was uh, it was great to get to meet you uh, briefly in person earlier this year, um, and then kind of exchange emails. Is uh, we are both. Uh, or I know I'm starting to take a more active role in the women in agile movement, and it's a space you've definitely been in um, for a while now. So I'm kind of curious, and I've been asking lots of our guests this: um, What was sort of your journey to finding agile, or maybe did it find you? Oh well, I would say initially. It found me by being a part of a team who was exploring XP. And from that, I was intentional about focus on, focusing on a few elements because it's a lot to unpack when you're looking at for Agile and we say the manifesto and just the values. If you, I find if you focus in on one, you can Mm -hmm. really unpack a lot of the other things that are in there. And so that's how I began. (laughs) Yeah, with this, I I completely agree. That's cool. And so would you, like with that, when would you say, you know, you found it sort of through this team and using XP, when would you say you first started really identifying as someone that was part of the Agile community? So that's after... I had multiple roles and I started sharing my learnings, you know, without titles. And, uh-huh. and I began really coaching in that way by being a part of other teams who have not experienced um, any flavor of agility or practices within it. So once I started sharing that out through teams and eventually started uh, coaching, doing team level coaching of multiple teams. I realized that I wanted to add more to the community. Uh, I wanted to learn from the community. So basically, in order to learn from the community, I realized I needed to contribute to the community I want to learn from. So that's how. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's a little bit... It was kind of like that first line of the manifesto, uncovering better ways by doing it ourselves and helping others do it too. So it's sort of a a symbiotic thing with the community for sure. Yeah, definitely. I found what I discovered is that, especially when I was um, directed organizations, is that I didn't find them uh, willing to invest in me to go and to go to conferences and learn. So I decided, well, 
I'll do it myself and learn from others that the way to do it is to apply, speak, invest in your community, then you can go. So that's how I started started doing it because I didn't have the options and it could it could and that pay for my learning and continue growth. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a, that happens for a lot of people. It's the, oh, people aren't going to necessarily pay for me to go, but if I figure out how to get a speaking spot there, then I can definitely go. I know that was the way I got my start back in kind of 2013, kind of going on the tour of Agile conferences. So since you started doing that, April, um, how have you observed the role of women um, and the influence of women within our community shifting over the years? Wow, that's a really great question. I remember oh, in, earlier on when I first started speaking that I think I was at a conference and there was basically no women speaking. It was in Toronto. And someone came to me and was like, well, how do you do this? How do you get a voice there? And with me being a woman of color, they're looking at coming in as a minority in, a, in multiple spaces. <laughs> And I had other women asking me, so I was sharing with them. And also, as always, I put the invitation that someone gave me is to is to pair with them that help uh, help them get engaged in this space. But what I've seen now is that I was able to meet multiple women, learn more of how people that how they were there in the beginning, maybe that they weren't recognized for their uh, mm-hmm. for their contributions in the in the beginning. Uh, cause, you know, we all see the picture of men uh, around a, a board, you know, creating uh, this manifesto. And right. there's different accounts of how that came about. Uh, but we know that uh, women were at the at the starting point of this as well and sharing their ideas. So learning about who those women are, what ideas they have and really aligning uh to to them, especially for me, caring so much about the people aspect of it and and unpacking so much in in there. And I found that the women out of everyone that that's what they were really strong at and that their engagement style made a difference and met and met those needs. And I think were quite powerful and that they were they're really an anchor in this community and seeking and seeking them out and seeking to learn from them and also to co-create with other women. What was it about this experience that sort of driven your personal kind of passion for really making space and creating connection and amplifying that engagement of women? Like, was there any pivotal sort of moment for you that are, that was like, yes, I'm going to focus on this. I'm going to double down. I want to see a change. So I would say for me, one of the, the, the pivotal moment is when I learned that the weaknesses that others perceived in me were actually my greatest strength. I had, uh, you know, our male comrades, you know, in tech saying that, hey, your vulnerability is a weakness. This is a weakness and speaking that onto me. And um, so I thought that was true because they told me that. When I was able to question that and realize, hey, you know what? 
this is actually my greatest strength and, and able to hone into it and invest time in that, that changed me. And my, uh, I look at this person as a friend and mentor, Alex Harms, uh, helped me discover that. And, and that, that ignited something in me completely different and put me on a, on, on a path to just go out there and not put myself in a box. Not yeah, just yeah, absolutely. Be in the I think that's something that lots of people struggle with. Not like sometimes early in their careers, sometimes when taking on new roles, this idea of, you know, is my vulnerability holding me back? Or is it something that I can actually lean into as you are and kind of think about it as a superpower? So what was what was some of that sort mm -hmm. of experimentation and work that you did in order to shift from that? Well, people told me that vulnerabilities holding me back. No, actually, it is something that's a strength of mine. How did you start playing with it and really coming to own that? It's uh, showing up as my full self, really, and understanding what that meant for me. I would... And, and that was in all aspects of myself, even for something as simple as uh, letting my hair, like <laughs> letting my hair be free as a woman of color. Like I have Afro hair and, and I used to like have it and I used to pin it back <laughs> and hide and, and keep it uh, hidden from others. Instead of like, I, I freed the fro really. And um, by freeing that fro, my personality allowed to just expound and I was able to walk in more freely in who I am, express myself freely in what I am, share my experience and, and passion. It made me a stronger person, a more authentic, true person. I showed up as April, honestly. So, <laughs> well, and there's... There's, yeah, there, and there's something about the way that you're you're saying that, and I know that we, you and I are just on audio today, so I'm not getting to see your face, but there's a a tingle sort of in my arms that I get when I listen to you describe that, and an authenticity that makes me think of what your Twitter handle is, right, Soulcraft mm -hmm. Woman. And there's there's something I, I when I think about that label and that name. Um, it makes me think of craftsmanship of the yes, soul. Exactly. <laughs> and there's, there's something so kind of beautiful about that. And in, in listening to you talk, there's a, a reverence almost for this idea of being your authentic self and showing up in that way. Um, can you just kind of talk some more about what that means to you and how you manifest that within yourself and also help build it within others? Yeah. One of the, like, walking in your true self is having, you're really principled. You, you, I'm really looking at my values and, and saying that I, I will not allow others to bully me into opting out of those and staying true to those. And that has been a, 
a big part of that is like, yes, I can be a conscientious objector. And there were times where I look at it where I say, man, you know, that was a fail in my part. And I look at that, but I learned from it. It's saying that I didn't feel good about that mm-hmm. decision, being pressured in that way or bullied that way. And now I don't need to. I can always feel confident in every space of who I am and that strength and that determination. People see that and they um, and that is uh, and they gravitate toward that. And that's a catalyst for them to be fully authentic with themselves. And you can do it in a way that's with love. And, and care and empathy for one another. That is helpful. It's, you learn how to uh, take a, a generative engagement approach through all things in life. When, uh, mm-hmm. when, we take, uh, when we take our learning, when we take our values and principles, it doesn't leave me. This is not just April in the office, April on the stage. Um, this is April in all aspects of her life. And I've done a lot of work to, to, to make sure that I am showing up as this whole person, the same person um, at home, as well as at work, as well as in my community. Be authentically me. That's great. What, um, what are some of the sort of values and principles that you sort of identify with? I know a lot of people talk about like your, what, you know, your top five core values or your top three values. Um, but what are some of those kind of guideposts for you? It's quite interesting. So when you, as you said earlier, um, from how I, you know, this coined myself as a mindset harmonizer, because I really have, I really take on, uh, those mindsets of things I've learned uh, with, as we know, like Agile is uh, is more of a mindset than anything else. And taking those values mm-hmm. and saying, like, if I lived through these, if these are true, this is how it would manifest. As well as with lean and and um, improv and an open space and all those things. I really, for me, is living true to it. It's not just for how you engage for a moment. If I look at all things as whatever happens is the only thing that could happen. Um, And you kind of create a mental toughness for yourself. And especially as a woman in this space, sometimes we we need that mental toughness to, um, to, to stay present, to continue on. And uh, (laughs) yeah. So, before you go on there, I, I think it's interesting because you call it mental toughness. Um, and I, and for whatever reason, I associate the word toughness with more masculine traits. And when I think of mental toughness as women, I think of resilience. And so I'm sort of sitting here pondering like your choice of the word toughness. Is that intentional? It is. And is there actually something you're looking to evoke there? To me, it is intentional. I actually see toughness as uh, more feminine. Uh, I think about the resilience, as you described, and that's another word for it. These are just synonyms. Uh, sometimes uh, we, uh, you know, get caught up in the words, but I find it more, more feminine in that more often I have seen women display that resiliency 
that we're talking about that is a part of toughness that uh, they were they were able to continue in so many facets of life um, and able to move on. They've learned how to adapt. I see for myself what I've learned, even as someone who coaches in different places, is as women, how we show up and as our male counterparts show up are different, that the rules are different. The rules are different for us. How we engage with people is different. Um, there's a lot of stereotypes around women and and how they how they engage with one another. So where I've seen I, I've noticed that I have to be stronger. I can take people can say so many things to us and 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 still being solid and being okay and understanding like that is them, you know, and not us. Or were like, hey, that's their behaviors and thoughts. They own that and not taking it personal. I find with uh, mm-hmm. women, we're more often to not uh, allow it to uh, cut our ego and um, and be present to give people the space to uh, feel and walk in their true self and to be able to get to the root needs of where people are at. And, and that gets into the different part of like uh, coaching. I just... I, I, I do like I find that we are resilient. We engage different. Um, and we and we, we not only uh, probably some of it was out of necessity, but in in that necessity, I think we became more human. And, yeah. Uh, when this, when you talk about right toughness and resiliency, you even actually use the word sh- um, strength, mm-hmm. which makes which reminds me that you've participated in the Twin Women Strong program that we were able to talk to Lisa Atkins and and Kat Connor on an earlier episode about how how did you find your participation in Twin Women Strong sort of shaping your journey and your work with some of this subject matter that we're talking about right now. Wow. So that's a wonderful question with uh, 10 Women Strong. You know, I discovered a whole new tribe of women who, like all of them are different stories in a different place in life. It's not, there was no ego there. Whether it's people, you know, were uh, more new in the space or are more seasoned in the space, we all showed up and, um, and discovered how we are as leaders, how we desire to add value as leaders. And it was, and we helped learn about ourselves um, through our conversations with one another. We, we do still to this day have a strong relationship. And that's, and I know that all of those women will always be there and support whatever, you know, efforts um, that I'm in, investing in and, and I with them as well. And I would, I would say that y- you come in and you not know what quite, what's it going to be or thinking like, oh, I understand mm-hmm. this stuff already, but you kind of go into a different depth that is unexpected. And, and the experience of what came out of it for each person is different. It was really designed in it kind of unfolded in a, in a majestical way, I would say, uh, in that, in that. Because, like, what people were able to gather from it was different for each woman. And not saying, like, hey, we all did this from, from it. This is our um, 
our deep learning. And this is what we took away from it. It wasn't one single thing. It was unique for everyone. It is. It was where they were at that moment. Yeah. I think one of the things that yeah. is sort of caught me in listening to you talk about that was that the, the absence of ego, it actually makes me think about mm-hmm. some like possible visualizations and other things to do where it's like, I'm here right now, but what if I close my eyes and I walk into a room where ego is not present? Like, what can I discover about myself and about others from, from operating in that space? Um, because simply that sort of shift, um, even if we're not someone that leads from a place of ego, ego is a thing that is present in all of us, but really setting that aside and being more open and, and free, um, did you find that it sort of alleviated constraints or like, what was that like? Definitely. I think people were able to be their true selves and discover more about who they are. And okay. And that something, something as, as simple as dancing with one another and how vulnerable that is and what it opened up. And how mm-hmm. it tapped into your soul and what you learned from that. That's really great. What else is it that you're doing, April, sort of to fuel your own growth? I, I'm starting to ask this question to all of our guests around what is it you're doing for your own professional development and inner growth? Because I, I want to inspire other people with great ideas. And oftentimes you're like, oh, I didn't even know that existed. So what's on your kind of journey for the next 12 to 18 months? What are you looking at? For me, I'm really looking at um, helping support creating spaces um, for uh, social impact. And one of those is uh, I started exploring uh, creating uh, an, uh, a gathering for women in Agile, uh, an open space. That's one, one of the mindsets that I really believe in, and I believe it, it can grow other women. I believe in growing women young women, older women, and their talent. All genders are, of course, and everything I do, welcome. That's one of the things I'm doing. I do have a passion project that, besides that, you say, like, oh, isn't that a passion project? I have another one that's been on my heart for a long time um, that is looking at um, how do we, uh, looking, like, beyond the the Me Too movement, and how how do we move from simply just saying me to to moving to toward uh how do we make a positive change so those stories don't exist anymore and uh and i'm designing experience to explore that where uh so that's important to me and then i have uh with one of my other serial partners um where we're probably going to do uh, something else uh, um, in, uh, for a local community as well, um, a design uh, challenge, per, per se. Very cool. Uh, <laughs> Very cool. If you had a magic wand that you could cast a spell and all of a sudden, you know, fast forward us five or 10 years into the future, what is it that you would, you dream for us in the future as it pertains to this women in agile community and what is it you're truly hoping to create 
I would see that there's a space for all of us. There's um, that there's a plethora of faces. There's from hey they they just started the people who've been here forever, and that we all support one another. Um, that there's new ideas that emerge. I, I see a, you know, if, when I visualize it, I see, you know, a thousand faces that's all over globally um, engaging with this community, adding value, showing up fully. Yeah, so much abundance in that description, April. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like I saw it asked me before to say, hey, you're a, you're a leader in this community and it's, it's kind of hard to necessarily identify with as I, as I try to and just say that, hey, well, for me, I, I simply, I like to provide other space for other people to be here. Mm-hmm. And, that, and I see that all of us are really leaders. It's like yeah. how we lead may be different. Not just, it's so many, you know, names that we haven't known, we don't even know yet, who are doing marvelous things in some other place. So I'm excited to meet them one day. Yeah, I know. And so I'll use that as an opportunity to just sort of plug this podcast series. So like, if you find one of those people that we just haven't heard of yet, um, and you're like, this person's got an amazing story, and they need to share it, right? Please email us at, you know, podcast at women in agile.org um, to, to make those introductions so we can get people on the schedule to record. Because to your point, there are just simply so many stories and things that we just haven't discovered. Because, you know, someone hasn't talked to somebody else yet. So if you know those as, as you're listening today or, you know, even April is, as you think about your network, you know, please get those people um, over to us so we can get time scheduled to talk with them. I would love to. And thank you for that yeah. open invitation. Yeah. yeah. And as we wrap up today, April, what kind of final wisdom um, or inspiration do you want to share with people? Stay curious and invite others in. Like life is meant to... Uh, to experience it with others. So those collaborations, interactions with other women out there are important. We see a lot of people, um, I would say a lot of women may not have mentors. Actually, I have never had a mentor. Like where um, someone has mentored me for a a long time, Um, but I try to be that for others. So mentor, women, sponsor women, be an ambassador to women. We don't need, uh, we don't need uh, the gents to do that for us, that we can be that for yeah, others. I agree. And I'm curious with this idea of invite others and new voices. I know I've met people throughout my life that are like, they have something where it's like, I strive to make a connection with three new people every single week, someone I've like never interacted with and talked to before. Do you have some sort of personal goal like that around like, and I'm going to go seek out, you know, new connections, or is it something you find that just sort of happens organically within you? I think it's probably naturally within me, um, a part of my, I guess, love language to the total world. Some people look at say, April, hey, you you know a lot of people. I'm like, not really. I just say hello and uh, 
And I can kind of tell the people who are new who may not know someone. And I reach out to them. People may think I'm very, mm-hmm. um, I would say, extroverted. I'm more of an ambivert. I don't necessarily get energy from other people. However, I've learned how to be extroverted in situations for others. Um, and I can empathize with others to say, hey, you know what? How can I make a space for them to be present, for them to connect yeah. people? And I say connecting to others is really important. Do that for people. It's wonderful yeah. when I've been had the opportunity to connect people and they've had new opportunities from it. Let's, yeah, that makes the world a little brighter place. Yeah, let's do that for one another. Yeah, I love that. Well, April, thank you so much for being with me today and having this chat. Um, there's a, a sense of kind of being grounded and connected that's present within me now that wasn't necessarily prior to talking with you today. So I thank you for that gift. And, and I hope that our listeners are feeling a little bit of that today as well. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Women in Agile podcast series. It's brought to you in partnership from the Women in Agile nonprofit organization, as well as Accenture Solutions IQ. We hope you've learned something new and invite you to tell a friend or a coworker about the podcast. You can go online to womeninagile.org to learn more about our initiatives and find additional inspiring podcast conversations. Thanks for listening to this Women in Agile podcast episode. Find more inspiring conversations by visiting womeninagile.org slash podcast, checking out the podcast series on iTunes, or visiting your podcast application of choice. If you have an idea for a topic, speaker, or feedback on an episode, please reach out to us via email through podcast at womeninagile.org.